we are here to talk about Camp Damascus by Chuck Tingle. We are all four here today. Susan climbed out of the trenches of illness <laughs> to be here. Woo, give it up for Susan. I'm like totally <laughs> fine now, you guys, but uh on our original recording date I was I thought I might need to go to the hospital, but I'm fine now. <laughs> I just think there's something magical about when all four of us can be here together. And I know that sounds a little some some sort of way because this is my podcast. It is our podcast. Yes. And I'm like, we sound good together. But like, it's just better <laughs> to me. I feel like it's a better podcast when we're all here personally. <laughs> so I'm excited that we're all here. I like yeah. it best this way. <laughs> yes. This is my favorite combo. I like it best yes. this way. It's I agree. A thrill. <laughs> my favorite my favorite part of Susan's illness saga is she went to the doctor and they did not they were just like, "Well, they were like, you should have probably gone to the ER if you actually wanted them to like test your something. blood or anything." And this I was is like, just "What for is this place for?" Chatting. Don't worry about it. I think I had food poisoning and that's actually yeah. probably what happened because no one else yeah. in my house got sick. So Mm-hmm. It hurt. Also, there's just like nothing you can do about food poisoning except write it out and maybe get fluids. Well, I was hoping for some fluids, but they we were don't like, have that here. Oh, mm, I don't know. Like, mm. they were like, you probably need fluid, so you should have gone to the emergency. Yeah. How should I have known that, sir? Anyway, do they? Like, they do don't. Do, do they fluids? not have fluids at the normal doctor? I'm so confused. Okay, I've gotten fluid at an urgent care before. So I assumed mm-hmm. this urgent care was like other urgent cares. And I've also had blood work done no. at an urgent care. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't do that. Anything that you might urgently need. Like, so what that's do you guys here. do? Do you just do COVID yeah, like, tests? Like, what do you do? Like, I can care. do that at home. Stupid. So what are we here for? Anyway, that's right. not interesting. No one cares about that. Uh, All of this is to say, Susan, we're glad you're here. Yes, and I'm she's so in, a yeah. <laughs> in a new state. In a new state. Uh, and I'm wearing an Indiana sweatshirt right now as if I had Just to, to remind do that us. because I live here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys know that I... Yeah. No, actually, uh, all my shit's not unpacked, but there was this box Perfect. of sweatshirts that I found. <laughs> Our <laughs> so. podcast has said goodbye oh, to Alabama. Cheers. It's it's over. No more Alabama representation on this podcast, but we will forever have our Alabama photo shoot. So. Oh yes, we'll always have. Yeah, we'll, we'll always have, have the time that it almost killed and us. Thank you, but get pictures taken. <laughs> Um. <laughs> yes, but I think whatever. worth it. <sighs> <laughs> Camp to match. Yeah. What oh, are we yeah. talking about today? You want to tell us? To get us started, do you have a favorite camp experience, real or fictional? 
Um, I'll go. I never went to like a, a nature camp of any kind, but all the camps that I went to were like day camp at school that was basically just like babysitting because my mom was at work for the day. Um, but it was quote summer camp unquote. But I got to be in a production quote unquote of Grease the musical. Um, and I got to play theater Marty. camp. Theater camp. No, it was just regular school camp, but we, for some reason, had a... And it wasn't... We didn't... We lip-synced everything, um, so it wasn't like... Oh, my like, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was not... But one of the counselors um, gave me... Because she was in an actual production of Grease at high school, and she gave me her pink ladies jacket to wear for my performance, because she was like, you can borrow this. I also played Marty in the the show at school. I love that it was an actual production at high yeah, school. Yeah, an actual production at high school. Um, but I think that this mm-hmm. memory sticks out in my mind because it was like the cool older camp counselor who gave me her jacket and picked me as her favorite. Um, so yeah. This has been Kelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I went to... 4-H camp, and I went to horseback. What's your name? Oh, I'm Emily. Sorry. Who the Thank fuck you. is talking? Uh, this is Emily. I went to 4-H camp, and I went to horseback riding camp, but my favorite memory... There's a whole camp? Yeah. My favorite... For horseback riding? Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I tell what my favorite thing was? <laughs> my favorite memory from horseback riding camp is on the days when it was rainy, I would stay inside and play Mortal Kombat. And that is how I fell in love with Mortal Kombat, which is a great game. Sonya Blade is my character. And, um, yeah, Mortal Kombat. Also, my favorite fictional camp is the album Camp by Childish Gambino. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Hello, my name is Susan, and I regret not being a Jewish child because I feel like Jewish summer camp is like a very formative thing for most Jewish kids, and Mm -hmm. I didn't get to do it, but I feel like I would have really thrived there, and hopefully my kid will go. But anyway, um, when I was in fifth grade, our fifth grade class would always take like a three-day trip that they called camp because it was like Mm -hmm. in cabins. So you'd look forward to camp, like your entire elementary school experience until you got to fifth grade, you got to go. And it was um, at a very kind of remote woodsy area. And we had a, a teacher who would tell scary stories like throughout the year that like other grades would come in and listen to. Like we would go on the stage in the gym and turn off all the lights. It would be very dark. And he would tell these stories. They were called Whoppers. And allegedly the one that gets told at camp is like the scariest one. Mm -hmm. So it was about like, you know, a killer who would like target one of the girls' cabins and he would leave a mark in blood on the door. And so like while we were doing that, like teachers were marking these doors with like ketchup and stuff. So then people would – you know, walking back to the cabin, start screaming and running around. And I'm like, I feel like this in hindsight is probably a huge liability (laughs) for several reasons, like just children scattering throughout this 
remote camp running around like, they've marked our cabin. That feels like the perfect setup and, uh, for like a horror <laughs> movie where it's like, oh, it's fake yes. and then it's real. Yeah, it actually is like the gym teacher or yes. something. Um, uh-huh. But I do, I remember those, the Whoppers. Um, that is such a well. weird name mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, I don't. I don't this know. It just makes me think of the Burger candy, King. you know? The candy. Oh, I think of Burger yeah. King. Oh, yeah. But I guess I'm alone in that. No, I think of the candy. My whole elementary school was candy. weird, though. Like, it was like an open concept school, so there were not walls between the classrooms and stuff. Whoa. Yeah. Was it indoors? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, it was indoors. But it was just like one big room? Pretty much, yeah. There were walls between the grades, but not between the classrooms, and they would, like, set up, like, basically just dividers between stuff, so you couldn't, like, see straight through I imagine that being incredibly noisy. It was, so, good. like, good luck if you have ADD or, (laughs) like, anything like that, or any sort of sensory processing It does not sound like a place Mm -hmm. to thrive, personally. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, (laughs) camp. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, my only Who are you? experience, oh, this is Mary, <laughs> my Everybody yell only at me. camp experience <laughs> was at church camp. Uh-oh. Um, we had a, like a regional <laughs> church camp and I went a couple of times as a kid and it was whatever, but I also was a counselor for a couple of years and I wasn't really into the... Uh, you know, Bible study teaching part of the camp. But I was very into like the fun activities of the camp. Yeah, like we we did uh, like a recreation where we would do a messy battle day and it was like flour and shaving cream and stuff filled in balloons and we'd throw them at each other. It was very intense. Sounds like field day, kind of. It was very intense. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like field day, but we did it every single day. And I think my favorite memory is being a counselor and not actually getting messy, but watching the kids just murder each other. Yes, literally. That was fun. They're always very intense about it. But yeah. Also, I liked doing the motions to the song. <laughs> that was a very fun part. Um, funnily enough, camp is in the rearview mirror in this novel. You don't say. Um, <laughs> so let's get into it. Uh, this is, I believe this is the book jacket, but this is what Goodreads has to say about Camp Damascus. They'll scare you straight to hell. Welcome to Neverton, Montana, home to a God-fearing community with a heart of gold. Nestled high up in the mountains is Camp Damascus, the self-proclaimed most effective gay conversion camp in the country. Here, a life free from sin awaits, but the secret behind that success is anything but holy. Uh, 
So we know going in there's a gay conversion camp, but this doesn't really provide a lot more detail than that. If the name Chuck Tingle sounds familiar, and this is going to explain like 90% of my initial interest in this book. (laughs) If the name Chuck Tingle sounds familiar, it is because he is a two-time Hugo Award nominee, which he proudly displays on all of his titles. But he didn't get nominated for a Hugo for traditional works. Instead, Chuck Tingle writes completely absurd, satirical erotica, which he calls Tinglers. Oh my god. Can't we Um, read these names out loud? They're so good. They're kind of novella length or short story length, and he'll like collect them together sometimes. And I have included two of my favorite examples for you here. Um, Pounded in the butt by my handsome sentient library card who seems otherworldly, but in reality is just a natural part of the priceless resources our library system provides. Amen. Is, is one book. And I would like to note all of these covers have really terrible stock photos. The Photoshop is like so fun. The the library card so has like a faded out photo of like a man's smiling face. face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll post um, it. Also <laughs> because not all of the tinglers are sexy. Sexual. Mm-hmm. We'll say we have absolutely no thoughts of pounding during my fun day with this kind T-Rex because I'm aromantic and asexual. And that's wonderfully valid. That's a wonderfully valid way to prove that love is real. I, I didn't realize that the Hugos had, um, so it, what award did he win? (laughs) Is my question. So the story, he didn't actually win an award. Oh, finals, um, finals. But he was a, f- he was a nominee twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, for? The story, it was for, for this erotica. I don't remember the specific one, but it was, at first, it was for erotica. Um, the story is interesting because, so the Hugo Awards are like science fiction and fantasy And they're very prestigious, especially for a genre that isn't often thought of as prestigious. And people take it very seriously. And so one year, a group of alt-right trolls decided that they were going to nominate Chuck Tingle as a joke. Because there was no way he was going to win, and he writes really stupid books, and... You know, wouldn't it be funny if he got nominated? It would delegitimize the awards and show that, like, anybody can get nominated and it's not a big deal. And some authors called for Chuck Tingle to rescind his nomination and deny it and get out of the race to let another more legitimate author be nominated. But Chuck Chuck Tingle declined to withdraw from the race. And instead, he used the press to do a ton of interviews with different podcasts and book vlogs 
to highlight other people who he thought should have been nominated but weren't mostly women who write science fiction and fantasy and are unfortunately often underrepresented in the genre um he knew he wasn't gonna win but he used i mean he used the press for something good instead of just like another neil gaiman or george rr martin getting nominated so that's interesting um he has a very elaborate mythos built up around him no one knows who he is and anytime he appears in public for an interview or a reading he wears a pink bag over his head that says love is real across the top and he claims that all of his work the tinglers this novel um he has a horror novella called straight all of these works he says are trying to communicate the core concept that love is real in all of its different forms and uh everyone should celebrate it basically part of his story here's what he has said about himself chuck tingle has said that he is an autistic man who lives in billings montana with his adult son john John encouraged him to publish his short stories, which he just wrote for fun. And he began self-publishing on Amazon. And uh, the rest is tingle history. And I... So last last week at work, it was really slow because it was like the few days before Thanksgiving. And I found myself with a lot of free time on my hands and I was just researching Chuck Tingle and listening to interviews with him and watching him like at Comic-Con and stuff like that. And I w- in my head, I thought, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and I'm going to figure out who Chuck Tingle is. <laughs> get to the bottom of this. And I think my conclusion is that he's just who he says he is. Like, I don't necessarily think he's an author masquerading as Chuck Tingle. I think he might just be a he guy. He just doesn't want to show his face for whatever reason. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look for the the bag. It's yeah. on his, if you go to his you can, website. You can find it. It's on his about. I'm, I'm on his about page on his website. It's It's just... It's very interesting it's, to me. The mystery of it all. Huh. Um, he also, if you listen to him in interviews, has like a very interesting cadence to his speech. And it sounds a little different now than it did when he first started doing interviews. So I'm trying to think, is that part of it? Is he putting on some kind of affect? I don't know. Um but it, but all of the mystery of Chuck Tingle and the story that he has built up around himself is something I've been interested in for a long time. And I've never read any of the sexy Tinglers, but I have read um, a couple of his books, like a Chuck, Chuck Tingle's Guide to the Void, Chuck Tingle's Guide to Love. Like, basically, where he's just being philosophical. 
Um, and all of that's to say, like, when I heard he was coming out with a traditional horror novel from a major public, like, he's on, it's Tor Nightfire. I was baffled. And so curious about what the novel would be. So that is how I came into it. This isn't just like, oh, it's a horror novel, so I wanted to read it. I wanted to read it because I like horror, but also because Chuck Tingle. <laughs> the, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, and I kind of assumed, oh, when his novel comes out, he's going to kind of reveal himself and, you know, be like, here I am. No. He's done press. He's done readings in his hood. <laughs> in his bag. Yeah, in there's pictures bag. of him with others. Yeah. He yeah. also ten- usually wears sunglasses over the bag, if that helps you visualize. Yes. You can really just see his mouth. Yeah. It seems there's some conspiracy um, he has, that he, he is Chris Pine. <laughs> no. It, it also, also he has a way of speaking in terms of just lingo that's super interesting. Like he kind of refers to the way someone is and their whole deal as their trot. Calls he calls people buckaroos and lady buckaroos. It's all fascinating. Um, so that had me hooked. That said, Camp Damascus is not written like a tingler. It is a novel. <laughs> like it is, it is just a novel. Um, free from some of the quirks that one might expect from Chuck Tingle. I think his message is consistent that love is real and we should celebrate that despite what uh, the void or like negative naysayers would say, but it is um, a traditional novel. So don't let the tingle of it all turn you off from here on out. We will be talking about camp Damascus and spoiling it. I encourage you to read it, but if you don't want to, you just want to listen, go ahead. Or if you read it now, you know, you know, the deal spoilers, etc. Um, as I was reading this book, we didn't talk about it much. Um, but one thing kept popping up. Emily set, kept saying, where's the camp? There's no camp in this book. Camp's in the title? Where is it? Yeah. Uh, the camp part of the story is in the past, and most characters cannot remember their experience at Camp Damascus. So we know what Camp Damascus is. We know it is a gay conversion camp and that it is quote unquote successful, but we don't know details about it. The main character has been in Camp Damascus and doesn't even remember it until like a third of the way through the novel. 
We get some flashbacks. We get some context for events. But this is not a novel about a group of kids at camp. Womp. How do we feel about that? Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to give us space to discuss. I mean, I, I, like... I mean, partially, I guess this is my fault because I just wanted to read a story about a gay conversion camp and that's not what this is. But like, I feel like mm-hmm. that's what I was led to believe this was going to be. And so like for like, I would say like the first, the first like good, like third of this novel, I was like, damn, like when are they going to go to camp? It's got to be coming. Like they're going to go to camp, Right. And then, like, I was really disappointed to discover that they, like, had already gone and we were in the aftermath of the trauma because I'm like, no, I want to read about the traumatic event. I don't want to read about the, like, aftermath of that because that's, like, not as, first of all, not as scary, not as interesting Mm. to me. So I was just like, I know I I said this to you guys before, but I was like, I feel like the story was told in the most boring way possible (laughs) because it was like this horrible thing happened, but we're not going to tell you about it because nobody remembers it. And so like, you're only going to really see a like glimpse of the horrible thing in like the last like one fifth of the book there's like a little dip into it and like at that point in the book I was like this is kind of what I wanted to read more of the whole time yeah but at that point it like wasn't enough where I was like oh good we're getting into it now it was just sort of like now I'm getting a taste of like what could have been but like we're still not going there all the way because like we're not experiencing it Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. pretty disappointed. <laughs> I felt like it kind of it it almost made it more of like a a mystery rather than horror. It was like she was doing the the investigation and like the steps to figure out what yeah. happened and it was less of the because there's like this first little chunk of the book where she is our character whose name is Rose. Rose. Um, yeah, I finished this book like two weeks ago at this point, so I'm like, what? What is yeah. Rose. Okay. So there's a chunk <laughs> of, of the beginning of the book where Rose truly has no idea what's going on and seems to be completely, um, you know, she's religious. She happily lives with her family. She's also 20 years old um and still mm-hmm. just about to graduate high school which is kind of an interesting factor because apparently the people well they they kind of say like everybody in this specific church takes yeah two years to like study the tenets of their church or whatever right. so she's she is older than most other people, except other kids that went right. To the which which was interesting. It's yeah, weird. It's though. it's an odd thing because she also reads as a younger character than she is because of that. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, she's you know 
she seems to be happy with her family. She has these friends. She's very um, devoted to God. And as mm-hmm. the story progresses, like some horrifying things start happening and she starts to understand that something weird is going on. Um, at that point, I was pretty into it because I was experiencing the the creepy horror elements as they came but once we got to the point where she started to realize there was something going on and then she was in her, you know, detective, I'm going to get to the bottom of mm-hmm. what's going on with this camp. And now I know, now I realize that I was actually at the camp before and uh, I have had my memory erased, essentially. At that point, it became less about the scary parts, like Emily was saying. And then it was just like us getting information from her going and meeting different people and talking to different people and sneaking around and reading file folders. And I was just kind of like, this wasn't really mm-hmm. what I was hoping for. Um, yeah. And and that that is, you know, an expectation that, that I had that is not yeah. necessarily <laughs> a, a thing that is bad about – like, it's not like mm-hmm. the book was, you know – bad or yeah it's just itself yeah it's just not the book that I thought I was going to read I think and like part part of that is my fault and part of it is just like I don't know I just thought I thought this was going to be a horror novel about a gay conversion camp which sounded we thought we were getting horror but I'm a cheerleader and instead (laughs) it's horror yeah something else well they say write the book you want to read so maybe the four of us (laughs) Should co-write yeah. a horror yes. novel about a gay conversion camp. Yes. Yeah. I really dislike it when I'm expecting one thing and then that's not what it is. I mean, that just happened to you with the last book we read, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I felt about Vampires of El Norte is I was like, vampires in the title, where right. are they at? <laughs> I felt that way about this, um, but like, with camp, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's in the title. Camp! I... <laughs> I think the other aspects of this were interesting enough to me that I wasn't too worried about the camp. Although I feel like it was a little clunky in the reveal. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Yeah. I didn't go in expecting a a certain amount of camp, necessarily. Especially because y'all had already complained about it before I had started reading it. (laughs) You were ready. (laughs) I was the first one, and I had to to find out the hardest way of all. Yeah, I just just texted everybody like, hey, so I'm really deep into this book, and there's no camp yet. And Kelly was like, well, I got something to tell you. <laughs> Technically, they do go expected, to the camp. Yeah, they just don't go to camp. They don't go to They're camp. They just go to the camp. There's a difference between the camp. it's like there's a difference between going to the camp and going to camp. You know, like the the, the does a lot of work there. Mm-hmm. You're right. It does. <laughs> Emphasis on I, the yeah. going to the camp. I was expecting camp because it's Chuck Tingle. But not, yeah, camp. Yeah, you know camp. what I mean. 
but not. We camp. didn't get camp. We didn't there get camp really in no any camp, sense though. of the word. No <laughs> sense of the yeah. word. We didn't get any either yeah. camp. It was pretty. Absolutely um, no camp. It was not satirical. Mm, it was. I think. It was making. It wasn't satirical, like a haha funny yeah. comedy. I do think it was making comments, which satire also does, but it just in a different. That's where the clunkiness comes in, though, right? Like, yeah. It kind of, to me, overall felt like, um, like, okay, I have this idea for this demon thing, and then I just have Mm -hmm. to write my way into it. But, like, getting there didn't, I don't know, really feel, like, totally earned, I guess. The the main conceit of how Camp Damascus and the Church of the Pine is actually, you know, quote-unquote converting kids makes very little sense yeah i it's like it's a fun concept when you think about it just if someone were to tell you oh it's about this but you know you don't get the explanation Mm -hmm. of it yet and you're like okay that sounds cool it's you know demons being assigned to different being being called up from hell to essentially haunt a person and to appear to that person anytime they have any kind of you know homosexual urge of any Mm -hmm. kind so it's a you know um pavlov's dog situation of uh i i experience yeah pavlov's (laughs) demon i experience a demon demon if i want to kiss a girl and so i my body rejects wanting to kiss a girl is like i guess the idea that they're hoping for what i was unclear on was i guess oh and then there's like some bugs like that whole part that is like separate that is uh, apparently helps with the erasing of memory where these bug things implant into you and they remove your memory somehow and that part that is where it became really unclear because it was two different horror things coming together because there's the demons that are yeah. following you around and then there's the maggot things and the flies in your body and those two things are doing two separate things and I feel like there needed to be a better marriage of that stuff to make sense like it was kind of suggested that these fly creatures were also from hell yeah you know like oh we were just messing around in hell i feel like the okay this cool stuff one of the things that this book was selling real hard was um body horror like I read a lot of things that was like this mm-hmm. is body horror and to me like the the flies were like the only real like body horror thing like to me I yeah. was like this, this is not 
body horror to me. I don't know. Yeah, it was because it was. It's it's light. Yeah. I mean, y'all, have you body read Things horror. Have Gotten Worse since we last spoke? Because yeah. talk to me then about body horror. You know what I mean? Like This definitely <laughs> like, stopped before getting to a point that was like difficult for me and I have a hard time generally with body horror but this I know that's like, why I was like mm-hmm. I was like I, am, I was expecting to be yes. grossed out at some point by something and I just like right and as it started I was like oh she's coughing up flies Bugs, that's yeah. gross but that was as far as it ever mm-hmm. went with the yeah. body horror aspect of there it. was a little bit of talk about what they were doing to people in hell and they talked about somebody with their nerves all splayed out and they were like playing on the nerves. But to me, that's so extreme. Yeah. It's like Hellraiser. Like yeah. that's literally a thing that happens in one of the hell. Well, and that's like a, a, a an <laughs> element of like torture that like, yeah, to me, body horror is always a, a more of a discomfort and a like, Something going on inside of you that you can't necessarily fully see or, you know what I mean? Or one you can fully see. There's like a build up to it. There's an uncanny element. Like I'm sort of thinking, isn't it the grudge where she like gets in the shower and feels her scalp and like that whole thing. I cannot, I don't know what it is about scalp stuff, but like I cannot. (laughs) <laughs> but you know that's a that's a familiar thing. Like everyone's had a little weird thing in their oh. hair, and you're like, "Oh, what's that?" But then, oh no, it's actually or in Black Swan terrifying. when she's peeling her cuticles, and then she peels her cuticle all the way down her thumb. <gasps> yes, that's really Ooh. that one always comes to mind. <laughs> but see, like I knew I knew a girl in high school who like actually sat in class Would doing do that. that. Did you ever know anybody who like did that? Like peeled their yeah, it's it, like me. it me. It was it me. me. Do you do you know how often my like cuticles are infected because I just like pick at them? I don't yeah. bite my she nails, would just, like, but I she would just like peel her yeah. skin down. Like she'd have like she'd be like bleeding because she was like peeling her skin off. No, this. <laughs> hey, if you're listening to this, shout out. You know who you are. <laughs> but the flies. Hope you're doing better. Hope you're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> the flies oh, fulfill that, left. right? Like everyone's had a little tickle in their throat, a little cough. But then when you start coughing up flies, it's yeah, I hate that when that. Yeah, happens. and you know, I would say she was vomiting flies more so. Yeah, like in the beginning, which I can't tell you how disappointed I was to start a book almost right away <laughs> with straight, vomiting and straight vomiting out of the bugs. Gate. I was like, great, great, yeah, cool. Yeah, I actually, you could say this book made you sick. That might oh, be maybe. the illness. Yeah, maybe well, I ate and like some some fly larva. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I, just, I love how they were like, "You probably got like a bug egg in your mouth when you were swimming." And she's like, "The way yeah, that I guess her that's parents plausible. like, bitch, that is not plausible." <laughs> the way that her parents reacted Don't to stuff okay. immediately was just like. Suspicious. Obviously, something is happening because your parents are fucking weird. <laughs> I know. I just love. Oh, you probably swallowed like a bug. No, egg. straight to the hospital. Which yeah. happens all the time. Yeah, you were right? swimming straight in that lake thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. There's just, you know, bug eggs can float into any of your orifices if you're in no, the water. That has never happened. <laughs> that happens every day to millions of people. Also, if that was a thing, no one would get in a lake ever. To suggest I that she like swallowed a bug egg and somehow that bug egg lived through stomach acid. And yeah gestated so quickly that it became like a giant mass of bugs no absolutely and then was still living on the outside absolutely not among the pasta but yeah the other thing unclear back to the just the clarity of this is like at what point you know how long ago was she at camp when did they put these bugs in her is Mm -hmm. she continuing like is this her first time coughing up a bug thing and does she at what point does it like how are the people who have somehow decided to ignore or whatever or continue on with their lives not remembering are they just like routinely coughing up bugs and being like this is normal well it's not supposed to happen. The bugs are not supposed to hatch. Or not supposed to become flies. Because they mention, like, oh, this is really rare. But it also happened Normally to her they girlfriend. Don't get to this point. But I'm like, it has to have happened before, right? It happened to her girlfriend. What's her name? Yeah. Because she, when they meet up and she's talking to her and she's like, I'm not supposed to tell you any of this. She then coughs up a fly. Yeah. So what are the chances if it's so rare that it would happen to two people who know each other? Yeah. What are the chances, Mr. Tingle? Dr. Tingle? If that is your real name. (laughs) It's all it's all it's all (laughs) unclear. Um I mean that said, I'm kind of I'm kind of like harshing it and saying like, oh, it didn't make sense. It was kind of clunky. Da da da. I didn't question it too much as I was reading it. Yeah. I think because to me this felt like a YA novel. Wait a minute. Yeah. So you're saying that YA novels novels don't have to make sense? No. No, I'm not saying they don't have to make sense or they don't have to, like, make sensical connections. I'm just saying sometimes they don't. Okay, I have a, I have a lot of feelings about this. I probably, yes. I've talked to you about this before, Mary, I know, because, like, we're both YA readers. But, like, to me, yeah. it really bothers me when I'm like, this book fucking sucks. And someone's like, oh, but it's YA. And I'm like... No, absolutely. YA should also be good. Like, as someone who reads a lot of YA, the fact that it's YA is not an excuse for it to fucking suck. (laughs) Like, it's just not. It should be good. Like, YA can can be good and should be held to the same standards as, like, any other fucking book. Like, just because it's YA doesn't mean. Like, young people also want books that make sense. I think maybe good. the yes. point it is more <laughs> that it's not supposed to be hard sci-fi or something. Like, 
it's a it's the type of thing like you can read and you don't necessarily need to have it make perfect sense because if it is horror like it doesn't necessarily need to be scientifically sound it can mm-hmm. be it can have an element of fantasy to it that but but there were just things like it 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 created questions that i then did not have answers to yeah and there was just enough science involved or like pseudoscience or whatever to make me feel like I wanted more of a thorough explanation. But also then I don't want to yeah. sit there reading like this is exactly how it works. Like I don't want that either. So what is it that I want? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you know, they, they would say like, oh, they they opened a portal to hell. What? How? How? Who did that for the first time? Who? Yeah. What? Did I'm sorry. What to? research does one do in order to? I say this as if I don't like watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, sure. <laughs> They're like we just live on a on a know. hell site with more hell activity. That makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. More hell activity. It, it was just. It was kind of unclear. Um, I guess so so yes, I 100% agree why it should be good, it should be quality, it should make sense and all the connections should be clear. I think sometimes that doesn't happen. And that doesn't happen with a lot of books, I guess. I just I think because I read a lot of YA, I see the ones that slip through. I will say Mary and I have about, read like, a lot of shitty YA. That novel we read about, like, the subway. Oh, my God. That novel got such good reviews, too. And, like, it was it so... Not make it was so bad on every level. Like, on the sentence level, on the story level, on the character development level. Like, I just... It was bad. Yeah. So, so like, stuff sneaks through and people still praise it. They do. And... To me, I was just kind of in the YA mindset because, you know, most of the characters here are pretty young. Mm-hmm. They're grappling with their sexuality. Not that people don't do that later in life because they absolutely do. And that is good. But... In the way of like, oh, I'm in high school and I just like don't know if I like guys or girls. I don't know. It felt very YA to me, but it's not being marketed as YA. And that's just always interesting to me. And I wonder why. And I wonder if that was just me. That felt that way. I mean, I feel like if you told me right now that it well, it was YA, I would believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, no way. Hear me out. Can't believe Hear that. me out. If this book had taken place at a gay conversion camp, <laughs> I think it would have felt less YA. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. We solved it. <laughs> I mean, we solved all you had to do was write the book, the book that you were supposed to write that we wanted. Putting the camp in it. <laughs> Yeah. What here? Here's a question, or here's an idea. What if camp? <laughs> just see it. 
Sold. Picture this. Now Picture that's this. An idea. Camp. Camp. <laughs> Picture, if you will. Camp. Yeah, no, yeah. I do agree with you, Mary, though, <laughs> that, like, there's something YA about it, but I, um, I don't know that I can exactly identify what it was about the book yeah. that made it feel that way, and I read a lot less YA than you do, so. I think the reason I am very partial to this novel is because it is sort of like from the very first chapter it is religious trauma the novel which is always interesting and exciting to me as someone who grew up in a very religious environment is married to someone who grew up in a very religious environment and still feels uh, torn in a weird way between aspects of the religion I grew up in and my own morality outside of that. So I would like to discuss how Camp Damascus handles religious trauma and the eventual release question mark from that I have zero religious trauma mm-hmm. in my life um as someone who is not forced to do anything religious um so I I, I did kind of feel like reading this I was like I can see why Mary is vibing with this because like if you have mm-hmm. experienced that then like that would be interesting I think but and I'm, this is not to say, like, oh, I have to experience everything to find it interesting. No. But I think, like, maybe if this was told in, like, a more interesting way, like, at a camp, I would have found it more interesting. <laughs> For example, at a camp. Yeah. Just, you know, as one, I one example I don't have religious trauma, be... but I do have camp trauma. <laughs> right? So I really wanted it to be. A like, camp. if they had been playing Mortal Kombat <laughs> at horse camp, then maybe. <laughs> now, that's a book I want to read. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I I, I, I to tend be a to find Mortal Kombat horse camp. <laughs> wow, that's the next Mortal Kombat game. Um, it's very neat. <laughs> it's just for me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I tend to find um, religious trauma interesting, even though I was not raised with a particular religion. Although I was raised by someone who is very like spiritual and and Mm -hmm. has a sort of religious not religious but more of like a magical thinking kind of way than i do personally and so there is like a lot of conflict between or has been throughout my life between my mom and i on like our ideas of how the world works and what Mm -hmm. can be expected and um you know, whether karma exists, et cetera, things like that. Um, but so I like I find I do find stories like this or stories about religious trauma interesting. I think that this did tend to be like a little bit on the nose in some ways. Sure. And like maybe that's the something about it that feels a little YA is like a sort of a more like broad and perhaps simpler 
um, view of something um, to make it more digestible, perhaps, um, or, like, less subtle. I don't know. But I think also one thing that I did like about it was that um, I think the way that Rose deals with the fallout of this situation is a lot different from the way that her friend, please remind me his name. Saul. The way that Saul deals with it, because Saul continues to participate in a church and believe Mm -hmm. in God and believe in, and like find solace in religion in a way that Rose is like, I can't imagine believing in this thing that has caused so much pain and has hurt me so badly. And Saul kind of sees it almost as, like a rebellion in a way to continue to engage with this, but on his own terms. And I do think that that aspect of it is kind of um, like sweet and also a a bit more deals a little bit more with the complicated nature of people's relationships with God, you know? But then this book did expect me to believe that a teenager named Saul was not a Jewish summer camp kid. <laughs> Which yeah. he definitely is. There's no way that's a hardcore Christian guy. Yeah. I, that guy I, had a bar mitzvah. <laughs> I, the, the juxtaposition of Rose and Saul was really interesting to me and like I kept thinking am I more of a Rose or am I more of a Saul like Saul's journey from being not only a participant but like a camp counselor Mm -hmm. being hardcore in the Church of the Pine and then leaving but still feeling like I want the ritual the community the the sort of like positive aspects of religion well yeah and like the faith in in the idea that there is a reason and there is something there yeah i don't know it just it feels it feels familiar to me of saying like i can't condone what is ostensibly a hate group but there are parts of it that are not bad I don't know. It's interesting. There is something that I mean, maybe this is this was pretty like on the nose too, I guess, but there I think there's maybe more that could be done with the fact that like it is the church who has figured out how to like access hell. Yeah. And like use it. Um <laughs> Which just goes to show that the only place hell really exists is, <laughs> like, in the confines of this religion that believes in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, because also we could say hell is capitalism because these demons were just in hell and they were made to have jobs. <laughs> they got name tags. It does always come back to capitalism. It and no, capitalism Truly. is the villain. Mm-hmm. Every time, it's the tenth circle of hell. Every single time, I for his birthday, I got Todd a shirt that says, "Capitalism is always the villain." Good shirt. 
I, I bought him that shirt, so I guess I'm right. Of the yeah, problem. from I hope where? he will wear that shirt with <laughs> his students on like casual Fridays, or if that's a thing at yeah. school. It's from it's from a D and D actual play, and the person who runs it every single time capitalism ends up being the villain, and he's like, "See, guys." It's when you really um, think about it. It's true. Mm-hmm. You don't when you don't think, think about it that, that hard, hard, it's still true. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say, in addition to the religious trauma, this book was also maybe created with me in mind because it does talk a little bit about uh, disability. Rose is autistic, and plainly states that and has things she does because of her autism and she her family you know like with her sexuality her family tries to force her to repress or mask her autism to behave you know quote unquote normally um in public but her chosen family her girlfriend and Saul are more accepting of those differences and, in fact, encourage her to do the things she needs to do to um, process things. The example I'm thinking of is when she is, Rose is like tapping her fingers in a specific pattern. And her girlfriend holds her hand and starts, like, doing the pattern back to her as if to communicate, like, she understands and it's fine. And, um, you know, I, uh, so Chuck Tingle, as I actually said, and he says, said in an interview that he wanted his main character to be autistic, but he didn't want it to be a main focus of the plot just to show that autistic people exist and live lives. And it's not good or bad. It just is. Yeah, I I thought that that was a strength of the book for sure. And I think, like, it, it's not even... She doesn't say I'm autistic until, I don't know, quite a, way, a ways through it's, the book. It's a ways in. Yeah, but it's like when she says it, you're like, that makes sense. Because the yeah. behaviors that she is exhibiting are clearly... She's neurodivergent in some capacity. Um, And, yeah, I think... I think she is also a pretty um, interesting main character and a little um, less, I don't know, I I have this issue often with where main characters are just like, especially often in YA books, which this is not, but I feel like a lot of YA that I've read, the the main character is like a shy girl who just is shy. And I'm like, I don't care. about you that's not I don't that's not relatable to me and I'm fucking bored of reading about shy bookish girls who don't know how mm-hmm. to fucking talk to people and Kelly is like I have too many Leo placements to understand this <laughs> it's true I don't want to hear about how you don't know how to respond when someone asks you a question um so mm-hmm. anyway I I appreciate it I felt like this character had like a, a bit of a personality which was nice like she was not just she also wasn't like your typical reader insert character 
she was more specific than that. So I did like that. I wish her girlfriend had had a little bit more development. Yes, really agreed in her. Yeah. Like we get a glimpse. Willow, of her it's Willow, room. right? Willow. Willow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, Which again, Buffy. Buffy. How can I not think of Buffy? We're doing plants. They're plant girlfriends. <laughs> and she was like, "You, you didn't remember you were dating a we're witch." Doing plants. It's like her name's Willow. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely yeah. a witch. <laughs> yeah, just like Willow on Buffy, who is also a witch. Also Surprise. a witch, and also a lesbian. also gay. There if you name yes. your daughter Willow, she will be a lesbian witch yeah. every time. Well, it seemed that without her name fail. was not Willow. Her, I mean, her name yeah. is her chosen name is Willow, so her name is Willow. But yeah, well, if you Willow name yourself Buffy, Willow, you will be a lesbian witch. Yeah, without if fail. If you name yourself Willow, you're trying to communicate <laughs> that you're a lesbian witch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not to make this about Taylor Swift, but when she performed <laughs> at the Eras tour, she did like a witchy like coven mm-hmm. sequence. It was really cool. I know so, because I saw the movie. Witchy. So yeah, that was like my one of my favorite. Surprise I songs did not see the movie, but I am eagerly waiting for Renaissance tickets to go. Oh yeah, I want to go see that too. I need to find someone to go with me. And bought us tickets the moment they went on sale. And I'm, like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about this. I want this to become a thing that, like, Me people, too. like, Concerts, release shows yeah. on. It's just going to make it more accessible for everybody, like, especially since concert exactly. tickets are getting so expensive. Like, yeah, this and, like, is- there are a lot of artists who I'm, like, you know, I I like this. Like, Beyonce is a perfect example. I really like Beyonce, but I, I would not spend the money to go to a Beyonce show because I'm, like, first of all, there are so many other people there who are going to be so into it, and I'm not at that level, and I don't want to be, like, a vibe killer for their mm-hmm. experience. <laughs> um, and also, you know, I don't have that kind of money always, so... Mm-mm. Do or I have that kind like of me, money for Olivia be, Rodrigo? Sometimes. <laughs> be a very yeah. anxious person that doesn't want to be in a big crowd. Hey, yeah. Olivia Rodrigo was still way cheaper than Taylor Swift, so. That's true. But it was about the price of, I could have gotten Beyonce tickets for the yeah. price that I paid. For no, my, I got Beyonce tickets for less than $100. It was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that's, I, I don't know. I only paid 200 Yeah. Or the Taylor Swift. That's more than I would pay. But I'm also not Fair. a Taylor Swift. Fan. Well, I say that, but then I did. That's pay. more than I would pay for most anyone else. But that is less than a lot of people paid. I know the yeah. cheapest I could get for Taylor Swift was three fifty. Yeah, and I See, just I wasn't think I going would there. Definitely cut it off. At yeah, like two fifty. Yeah, three fifty was too much. Do we have anything else we would like to say? No, we're fully talking about concerts now. I've moved on to talking about Taylor Swift. Should we rate it? (laughs) Let's rate it. it Three stars. Because I thought it was fine. Um, I liked it. You know, I I would I would read another book by him. I think I just Mm -hmm. um wanted twenty twenty four. I would consider reading Barrier Gates. He's got one coming out. Um, 
Maybe I will read it. I would like to read a Tingler now. I really liked also, I will say, the audiobook because Mara Wilson narrated it, and I thought she was great. Um, She was. And I – it was a fast read. It was, you know – entertaining enough um i thought the concept was cool i just i have notes and i um (laughs) yeah you know i didn't disagree with any of the like core you know messaging i like what it was trying to say so church bad church bad (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh you want someone else to go uh, well, I would I will just say, in 2024, if you would like to give Chuck Tingle another chance, he has a novel coming out called Bury Your Gays. I bet you about... no gays will get buried in that book. <laughs> it says, finally, after years of trying to make it, Misha's Big Moment is here, an Oscar nomination. And the executives at the studio for his long-running streaming series know just the thing to kick his career to the next level. Kill off the gay characters for the algorithm in the upcoming season finale. Misha refuses, but he soon realizes that he's just put a target on his back. And what's worse, monsters from his horror movie days are stalking him and his friends through the hills above Los Angeles. Interesting. Interesting. But do do you think that the producers, the executives are like, you need to kill off the gay characters specifically? Is that a thing that... Um, I'm gonna make a prediction. Misha's gay. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, okay, I like the. Color. So, are we rating this? Yes. Yeah, I I'll, did. I'll say while I'm talking, I will say my fun. My, a fun fact I just want to say, um, as an aside, is Damascus. Is where Paul had his transformation. Saul turned to Paul and the scales fell from his eyes or whatever on the road to Damascus. So it's an interesting choice to have a character name. Are you going to rate it while you're talking? Yes, I gave it a four. (laughs) Cool. I gave it a four. I'm back on Goodreads. I'm like, are we we rating this or not? What's happening? I already (laughs) rated it, Emily. Huh? Did you take a break from Goodreads? Yeah, I was on Storygraph for a while, but the reviews were not as fun to read. Yeah, no, Goodreads is great for, like, reading the wild-ass reviews. Um, My favorite thing to do is to read negative reviews of books that I really enjoyed. Yes. Yes. And then comment on them? No, I never comment. I only lurk. (laughs) I, I gave it a four because I also had criticisms. But I overall really enjoyed it. I read it really quickly. It, um, you know, went down easy as far as books go. (laughs) And I had a good time reading it. There were just some moments, like the connections between things where I was like, "Mm, yeah, I don't know about this. I gave it two stars. Um, I thought it was boring. Because of camp. And there was no camp. I probably and like I two she instead took of three, away three stars for no camp. Two instead of three because I probably like based on this like I probably wouldn't pick up another one of his books. Yeah. Not even a tingler. Not even a tingler. No. <laughs> wow, twins. 
not I'm, I'm no, not you're doing after yeah, yeah susan and i will interested. be picking up tinglers well when i was googling him for pictures of his bag um that sounds like i was looking for pictures of his scrotum um <laughs> I, I saw a tingler called pounded in the butt by my own butt and oh that's like one of his first ones i'm interested color me interested <laughs> yeah there's also Apparently like he has a not pounded called like pounded in the butt by my own butt. Po- podcast. I think. <laughs> yes. Uh, we there should are do a variety of app. interesting ones. Um, while I'm talking, um, I gave it a three. It was fine, and <laughs> I didn't hate it, but I will forget it probably yeah. in two days. That's all. Did not care for the bug vomiting, but that's yeah. true of all vomiting. Trigger warning, bug vomiting. Indeed. This is like the second book in recent times that has like started off with something I really didn't want to hear about. <laughs> Yellow yeah. face was the other one. Um, I was going through a choking anxiety situation at the time yeah, over just- Amira. <laughs> Immediately someone chokes. Yeah, I was about to say, was this because (laughs) Amira is a toddler? Yes, and she's choked before, and I had just fed her pancakes that she, like, didn't, you know, it didn't go, like, that great, and and then I read that later, or listened to it later that day, and was like, you've got to be kidding me. I feel like toddlers (laughs) want to choke. They do seem like they're, like, trying to sometimes you're like i mean you're like you actually can't swallow a whole banana at once just by like you know she has more teeth now so she does better but this is all to say i gave it a three (laughs) (laughs) yeah we did it Are we going to ever write a blog? New Year's resolution for 2024. <laughs> regular blogs. Get yeah. back on a blog yeah. schedule. Mary, just me and Mary. But I do. I'm not committing to that resolution. Yeah, just you guys. Mary, we, we will discuss. for you. Yeah. But I'm happy for you guys. I think I'm in a better place to write more blogs now. I just need to set. Yeah, blogs. we'll talk about it later. The Imogen Post is waiting for you, Emily. Okay, Michael I'm sorry. I was out of town. Back on the other source. <laughs> uh huh. You were out of the country. I know. I every time I say I was out of town, people are like, "You were out of the country," and I'm like, "That is out of town." <laughs> she was yeah. certainly not in town. I'm um, true. Yeah. All right. I was out of the country. It sounds like you went to like Portland if you said I was you were out of town. Out of the country, uh, playing the fruit game. We have exciting <laughs> things coming up. Yes. Though. I just Jace. so I return. like I saw this at the end of the episode and I was like, let me text Jace and make sure she's still coming. So I texted her while we were recording and she is in. So Jace will be here. Yes, I <laughs> I had dinner with Aww. her last week and she, I said, yeah, I'm Aww. gonna start so the jealous. Riley Sager book. And she went, when is it? No, I just talked to her. She's Susan, in. You're, like, you're oh, doing no. this one with us too, right? Sure. 
Great. We got to start reading that because that's like next week. I think week. we have you listed as leading the, the <laughs> I, I have started it. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's a hate episode, which is why episode. I thought you might want to join us. What if we us. like it? Yeah. What if I don't hate that's it? That's not going to happen. I'm not hate it. Look, I want can to get back think, on um, more other sodes. It's just a, it's a process. Okay. Well, we let's start here. Let's do it. Let's start here. Susan. Yeah, so yeah. Susan's leading this and one. I'm so you want to tell us about it? The next two episodes. Whoa. <laughs> so Susan, tell us about this one then since you're leading it. Uh, well, I didn't know that was happening until just now, but I have heard you guys hate <laughs> on Riley Sager before. Uh, yeah. I've not read. Oh, have you Riley never Sager read? Yet. Wow. So Mary I'm and I did a blog about Riley Sager and how much we hated that book. Mm-hmm. Two times we did. We, you and I yeah. also did a blog yeah. about Riley. Sager. We did a blog on. So we've his we've final, done final two. Girls. We've Set. done two Riley Sager blogs that about books we hated. I would say so, the three you know. of you are the reason I've never picked up a Riley Sager book. So, and now we are the reason you will. And now pick you're up the reason one, that I so. will. So fun. Um, Yeah. Looking at the Audible reviews, I see one that says, another Sager disappointment. (laughs) How can you be a disappointment? That's all I need to see. I do like the cover of this one, but... um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. After that, though, we are going to read a good book. And I can... Have you read it already? I've already read that shit. Oh shit! Woo! You read it yes, right when it came listen, out. I haven't been that excited for a book to come out in a long time, so I was like, "I'm going to do it now." However, I might have to reread it because, um, yeah. In true, and hey, she's in a true catch round award fashion. It was a bit mind bendy, so um, I might need to do a little refresher. Um, but I and she's been on the podcast before, you guys. So like, she's a friend of the pod. Yes, friend of the pod, Katriana Ward. That I is forgot about We should have her back again. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe I don't know. I, I'll. I mean, I can ask, but I don't know. I guess just. I, I, I should say that. I feel. I feel a little starstruck. I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't think I could interview yeah. her now. Like I've become. I mean, do you know how I felt when I was interviewing okay. the first? Like I loved. I loved that last house on Needless Street and. The first thing I did when I interviewed her was just showed her all my cats. I was like, this is great. I'm so if professional. I had, like, known <laughs> how I would go on to feel about her, I would have approached that interview so differently. I would have been like, can I also be on Zoom and just like watch you guys talk or whatever? <laughs> but anyway, we're going to read Looking Glass Sound. Um, did it live up to the hype that I was giving it in my own head? You'll have to tune in to find out. Not gonna tell you. I right feel now. like it Ooh. did, based on what you said. I mean, you said you just said it was good, so hopefully, yeah. You know, I did say that, yeah. but I didn't say anything else. <laughs> you don't know. Start. <laughs> it was good, but was it great? Tune in to find. But was out. it five stars? Let's see. Are you looking it up on yeah. Goodreads? Um, I, I once again. <laughs> let, let's see. What did she rate it? Um, okay, I once again forgot to um, mention at the top of the episode our Patreon, but we do have one, and I'm pulling up our members so that I can thank them. Um, there's only four currently, but that's okay. It's Alex D., 
Hi, Alex. We miss you. I look forward to your next feedback. It just didn't get here quite in time for this recording. Bonnie. That's Emily's mom. (laughs) Love you, Bonnie. Janet, friend of the show. Mm -hmm. And, as always, me, (laughs) most importantly. Um, Dedicated patron to the podcast. I love how you're the only one of the four of us. (laughs) I know. And that's why I like to keep bringing it up. Um, So we do have a Patreon. It's only $3 a month. Apparently. It's only $3 a month. And when you subscribe, you will get pictures of our pets and you will get a a special shout out at the end of the episode of every episode when I remember. Special shout out that you just heard. Just wasn't that like this one. It was so special. Did, uh, I can make it even more personal if you want. I mean, um, okay, so that's, I can work on we it. do two episodes a month, and for, so that means each shout-out only costs you $1.50. So just think that's about true. that. <laughs> yeah. One and that is heard. a deal, my friends, if I have ever heard one. It really is. Less than a cup it of really coffee. Is. Your Way name is being <laughs> sent out into the ether long after the, this world is burned to a crisp by the sun. The radio waves oh, no. will still be floating through the air because that's how science works. Yep. Um, you can also follow us. We are at Book Squad Goals on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Or I guess I should say Instagram X and Meta, right? Is that is that what we're doing now? Hmm. What? Um just kidding. I'm never saying any of that. You um, just did. Instagram <laughs> That was a joke. It was a joke. Okay. Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. I've been thinking about I wanna Sidebar, I want us to have a, a meeting in January to think of new ideas and um, whatever. Yeah. But I'm I'm toying with the idea of making a TikTok for us. Um, Ooh, okay. Yes. Okay, book talk. We're but coming I for you. We're coming for you, book talk. Watch this space. Um, I just can't look at it at work because Tate Reeves doesn't want us oh, to have nice um, things. Kelly, real quick, could you check yes. that list of patrons? Just in case. Yes. <gasps> okay, wait. Oh my gosh, there's a notification. <laughs> we have a new patron, Susan <gasps> Elliott. What? Oh my god, it's me. Reach. It's her. Man, oh that, that $1.50 That's... an episode thing really got you, didn't it? Yeah. It sold you right she away. She realized what a good deal oh, it was. I was like, when you put it like that, I'd be um, losing money if I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, we just got a live. And even on the episodes when you aren't on them, Susan, I still will be shouting you that. out. I mean, so to be fair, awesome. we always shoot, shout her out at the beginning of the episode anyway. Oh, I can't. I'm going to cancel my membership. <laughs> no! <laughs> Um, <laughs> our website is bookswaggoals.com. Maybe in 2024, we'll also have blog posts there. You might just have to wait and see. We will. Um, no you promises. You can email us at thesquad at bookswaggoals.com. We really encourage you to, to email us. Do you know the true identity of Chuck Tingle? Are you Please the true out. identity are, of Chuck Tingle? Then seeking any information. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Emily. Okay. 
Um, Zero stars, no camp. Chuck Tingle, if you're listening, um, let us know by subscribing to our Patreon, and we'll shout our you Patreon. out. Are you Chris Pine? <laughs> Is that true? Are there yeah, rumors? Do true? you think Kingdom of the Pines was an Easter egg? <gasps> what? If it's Chris Pine, I will read his next book, <laughs> but only if he tells me wow. that he's Chris Pine.